The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Now, about four years ago, says a listener called Brian or maybe Brian Branagh, I, I heard a talk about prostate cancer on a News Talk afternoon show. It prompted me to book in with my GP for a blood test and a checkup. A few months later, I was diagnosed with prostate cancer. I had surgery. I'm cancer free now. I was 54 at the time and I had no signs or symptoms. And if it wasn't for the News Talk item, I might not have caught it in time. So thank you, News Talk. Well, we're going to talk again about uh, the most common cancer in men across Ireland, about three and a half thousand new cases every year and over 500 deaths. Now, if caught on time, prostate cancer can be treated, but it's a matter of looking out for the right signs in order to avoid it and perhaps prevent further illness. Uh, we're going to talk to someone who um, almost was that soldier too, and that's Jonathan Malloy, who's a prostate cancer survivor. He's on the line and with me in studios, Dr. David Galvin, consultant urologist at the Mater and St. Vincent's Hospitals. Uh, good morning and welcome to you both. And uh, maybe, Jonathan, you better tell us uh, your story because um, you were youngish too to be diagnosed with this condition. Uh, yeah, good morning, Pat. Um, yeah, so look, my story was, um, I suppose I was 10 years the junior of, of your, uh, the, the guy you've just mentioned. Um, I just turned 45 at the time. Um, I suppose for, for me, it was I, I was always regularly getting blood tests up until COVID came along and um, just for, for regular, you know, cholesterol, thyroid, that sort of stuff. COVID came along and, and everyone lost three years. So um, coming up to my 45th birthday, I rang the local GP. And went in to get a blood test, just a regular, not not for PSA. I didn't know anything about it at the time. The nurse at the time asked me, should we do it? And to me, at the time, I was very naive, very ignorant to it. I knew nothing nothing about it. So I said, yes, by all by all means, just, just tick the box and away we go. A couple of weeks later, the test came back and the results were quite high. And uh, the nurse said, don't worry, it's quite normal. Um, that there's the regular that It regularly happens that the first test will come back very high. Second test came back and it was even higher. So at this stage, the nurse said, I'm going to have to refer you to the GP. So um, the GP rang. It was Christmas, Christmas week last year. My wife and I were doing Christmas shopping up in Blanchestown. And he said, look, at, um, we do have we do have a very high reading. Um, I'm going to have to refer you to a urologist down in Dublin. So with Christmas, I suppose, looming, everything shut down for 10 days, two weeks last, last Christmas last year. Um, which was a bit of a strange time for me because you're wondering what if, what if, what mm-hmm. if. Um, so January came last year and I um, had my first appointment with Dr. Kieran O'Malley in um, the Matter Private. So um, he looked at the blood tests and straight away referred me to get an MRI scan. Um, I sat with him and, and he went through the, the results of the MRI. He said, look, there, there's, something, there's something here. Um, we're going to have to refer you for a biopsy and a PET test. So at that point, he said, uh, he asked me if I was married. And I said I was. And he said, maybe when we're coming up for the results in a biopsy, bring your wife with me. So I knew there was something there. Didn't know what it was. So when I went through the biopsy, um, went, went back up to the matter private, uh, got the biopsy done. Um, very surreal feeling coming from the, the street, essentially, into uh, an oncology unit. You know, getting the biopsy, sitting in a recovery ward amongst very, very sick people in an oncology unit. is a very, very... Surreal environment to be thrust into. But anyway, the, a couple of weeks later, uh, my wife and I went up and met Karen uh, O'Malley up in his, in his private surgery and his private consultation. And he more or less went through, look, at these, these are the results. This is what you have. 
these are your options. Um, laid everything out in very, very clear, plain English, you know, for, for a non-medical professional to understand what, what somebody of his um, calibre is saying. It was very, very clear to understand. These are your options. Um, for somebody your age, this is what I recommend. For somebody, you know, there, there's different options for different ages, obviously, for different age guys when they get it. Um, for me, the the weeks leading up to it, you hear a lot of people, you, you, you're reading a lot and you hear a lot of stories about different people that have got prostate cancer and somebody knows somebody who knows somebody who's done something else. To me, when we sat across, my wife and I sat across from um, Kieran O'Malley and he said, look, it, you've got cancer, but this is what we're going to do. Instantly, there was a weight lifted off your shoulders and, and you know, there was a reassurance there that you... You put your face into to somebody of his caliber, a medical professional, which you know. Now, his did, years did he um, decide on what your options? Uh, no, 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 which no, one, or no, did he say not. you can do this no, or that or no, the other? No, no, absolutely not. Um, there's, no, the whole process. Um, he was a hundred percent. Anything, any questions I asked, sent it into a surgery. It was Kieran O'Malley himself personally replied to me. So a hundred percent, he was there the whole time for me. Um, he laid out the options. Somebody my age. Um, you know, there's 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 a number of different options to, depending on your age, depending on how how much of a growth there is. Um, but he laid all of the options out for me, um, and he just said, "Look at somebody your age. This, this, and this is what you could do." Um, you know, did did not recommend one over another. It's completely your decision to make. But I think when when you hear somebody saying like somebody of my age at forty five at the time. I, I didn't think I wanted to to to, to go down the, the the other routes, the other options. Obviously, each op- option has its own risk involved, and it's all spelt out. He lays everything out for you, um. So so you leave the consultation fully aware. Um. Obviously, he leaves you to come back to him with what you want to do. So for me at the time, the best option that I, my wife and I decided was to go for the to go for the surgery to get everything removed. Um. You know, it was the I suppose for me it was the cleanest, it was the quickest. Um, obviously, there's risks and long term um, risks associated with it. But at the time, I didn't think they were as severe as the other risks with the other treatments. OK, now, did you have follow up treatment after the surgery? Did you have to have any chemo or any radiation? No, look, at, um, I was I, I was I suppose I was lucky um, for me. It was it was quite contained within the area. Um, the, the the surgery was was, you know, it, it was uh, three nights in, in hospital and um, the surgery was quite quick. The, the only the only follow up I had was was you know regular blood tests which I'm still doing to this day um you know so so for for the want of a better word it, I didn't come out of it too badly you, you could say um obviously the, the, there are you know it, things do change and 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 your life isn't the same post post um treatment but you know you, you're out you're, you're out the other side you're healthy you know you, you still have your your full life ahead of you. All right. So uh, a satisfactory outcome for you and uh, your testing all the time, keeping an eye on the PSA just yes, in case yeah, there yeah, yeah. should be any recurrence. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Jonathan, for sharing your story uh, with me. Uh, someone else on the text line, I'm 53, went for an MOT last year. No symptoms, just a health check. I had uh, prostate cancer, a lot of it. I was operated on in August, so hopefully I got it in time a simple blood test with your GP. Do it today, lads, is the advice. And I'm sure that would be echoed by Dr. David Galvin, who's listening to Jonathan's experience. David, good morning. Good morning, Pat. Thanks very much for having us. Now, a, a lot of things uh, come from that conversation with mm. Jonathan, and namely the age at which 
it was diagnosed, which seems quite young. It's not yeah. normally associated with that age cohort. No, absolutely. And uh, I think what's really changed in Ireland is that we're diagnosing prostate cancer earlier and earlier because we're catching the disease that bit earlier when it's more curative. So um, and as the key to that is that widespread use of the PSA test. Um, Jonathan's case is not, although unusual, um, we did a study there capturing all the patients across Ireland from 2015 to 2020 called the IPCOR study. Uh, 6,800 men and 3% of men over the last number of years uh, would fall into the under under 50 age group. So although it's uncommon, he's not alone. And about one third of cancers are actually diagnosed in men under the age of 60. And the average age now is about 65 in Ireland. Mm. So it's actually got a lot younger. It's a disease of men that we say are otherwise 50% of them probably working, you know, trying to feed a family, trying to educate their kids. And they very often are, have that interrupted now by their diagnosis mm. and, and subsequent treatment. Now, are there different types of prostate cancer or mm. are we simply talking about the location or perhaps the size? Yeah, uh, largely, uh, there are different types. And what, we, what we've done nowadays is there's a new scoring system called the WHO Group Score. And and essentially, we can categorise all men as one to five. So you either have very mild disease, which is level one, or you have a particularly aggressive disease, which is level five. They can all be caught early and all are potentially curable. So what, what happens now if somebody has level one or group one disease, they can very often just avail of surveillance and don't have to have any treatment at all. And uh, actually about 40% of men under the age of 65 are level one disease. So a large bulk of men now are going on surveillance and not having to undergo aggressive treatment, which, as you heard from Jonathan, Mm. does have a lot of quality of life issues that he had to uh, face. So so, um, Mm. no treatment at all if you're level one? you can be placed on what's called active surveillance, which means we just keep an eye on things and uh, very often uh, maybe defer treatment maybe for later. Because we catch the disease early, uh, you're actually catching it earlier than at other otherwise may need to be treated. Now, they used to say of prostate cancer that many men die Mm. with it, but not from it. Not from it. Yeah, and that's some of those patients. So we would hope that many men might be diagnosed with it, but avoid treatment. So a lot of our efforts nowadays are based on trying to avoid treatment. We don't want to pick up the mild cancers that don't need treatment. We actually want to focus on the cancers that will ultimately uh, affect patients and maybe Mm. shorten their life expectancy. So what we do there, so that's where the blood test comes in. And that's where, as Jonathan said, he had his MRI scan. So MRI is very, very good. It's MRI will uh, outline to us if someone's got prostate cancer or not and if they need to go forward for a biopsy. So, so, so it, th- mm. this uh, actually is useful because it used to be straight into the biopsy, exactly. which was invasive yep. and, and a lot of pain. that to happen. Yep. And patients got infections and, and so on afterwards. And we've thankfully overtly eliminated a lot of that. You get your MRI scan and it'll not only show you if you've got cancer, but it shows you where your cancer is. So we target the biopsies. And about two out of three patients now who get a biopsy are found to have cancer, whereas years ago that was more like one in three or one in four. So all okay. the diagnosis has improved. Um, I'm 40. Bloods came back with total prostate-specific antigen, that's PSA, mm-hmm. of a 2.03 micrograms per litre. was a general blood test and all else essentially normal. Should I do more? A little worried, but it seems like it's just a little above normal. 
Yeah. Yeah. So this is interesting. So whereas we've spoken about PSA being a blood test to detect cancer, uh, largely much you know similar to a mammogram or so on that you might have for breast cancer. But you've cancer. always got PSA, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. Well, we've always got PSA as men. Women don't, but men do because they've got a prostate. But what's interesting now is that studies that were done in Sweden about 10 years ago have shown us that what they did was actually just interestingly, they thawed out blood samples that were taken from 20,000 patients in the 1970s. And they showed in a Swedish prostate ca- a registry in their cancer registry, that if your PSA is high when you're 40, you're more likely to develop prostate cancer when you're 60 and 70. So your your texter there, if his PSA is over one at the age of 40, he needs to keep a closer eye on that just because he's more at risk. Now, the, the question of uh, your PSA level mm. Is it the rate of increase that is the worrying thing? I mean, if you go in for a PSA and you have 1.2, whatever it might be, and then you go back again the next month and you have 1.2 again, Mm. and a year later you have 1.2, does that mean nothing's happening? That means nothing's happening. I think you can take great reassurance from that. Actually, a study done by an Irish urologist in America, Frank O'Brien, actually showed many years ago that a single PSA reading is just as predictive of cancer as having multiple readings. And therefore, if you've got one single high PSA test, that's what's important. What is high? So what we use in Ireland is what's called age-related PSA. So if you're under the age of 50, it should be less than two. If, it's, uh, if you're under the age of 60, it should be less than three. And if you're under the age of 70, it should be less than four. So uh, just to mention to you, we've just got funding from the European Union to roll out what's going to be called the Praise You. It's a pilot national prostate cancer screening program next year. Um, we're part of an e- a European-wide consortium as part of the EU for Health program to advance screening across Europe. And we're going to be bringing in these, um, we're going to be piloting a home blood stick uh, test that men can do in the comfort of their own home. Send in like a diabetic testing his blood sugar. You can get your PSA checked and the result will come back into your phone and you get it into an app and we'll be able to see those results. And if they're high, we'll bring you straight into the hospital. So that's the kind of scheme we're hoping to roll out next year. So those numbers you gave, Mm. uh, if they're over those numbers for your own age cohort, that's when you'd say, go see somebody. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And that will often warrant further tests. Or we might be able to reassure someone that actually it's nothing because they might have an enlarged prostate or they might have had an infection. Now, the treatments that are uh, available, uh, Mm. I know uh, that radiation is part of it. Um, but radiation is now very different to what it used to be. That's right. I think a lot of us have seen the, the stories over the last week or two coming out from the English study that seems that uh, it's as affected to have five doses as it was to have 20. And before we used to give 37. So we're actually going from 37 down to five days now, now of treatment. Does that mean more powerful radiation, but mm. more accurately more directed? Ac- yep, exactly. More accurately directed, directed with hopefully less... Uh, less side effects, less damage to the surrounding structures. Um, but what they're doing is they're giving greater amounts on each visit. So before you yeah. had to very small amounts over 37 visits, now you're getting a higher dose mm. over five visits. Uh, how, how long would each uh, zap last? Because <laughs> mm. you're thinking you've got to stay still. Yeah. For the zapping. Yeah, the, do- the my, my under- I'm not a radiotherapist, but my understanding is that it only takes a small amount of time each day, something in the order of 10 to 20 minutes per per, per actual treatment session. Okay, so it's fairly quick. And five of those, and that mm. does the same as 37 used to do. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
what determines whether or not you have chemo, whether you have surgery, whether you yeah. have both, or when you need radiation? Can radiation do it all? Yeah, it is. It is a tough decision. Um, and sometimes it might take a couple of visits to, a, to your urologist or your radiotherapist to make up. Essentially, when somebody has what we call localised prostate cancer, all diseases in the prostate, they can avail of a range of treatments. And sometimes it's what's called radiotherapy, which could involve either seed placement called brachytherapy or the five dose treatment, which is called external beam, or they can have surgery. And the, the side effects, so as part of that IPCOR study I mentioned earlier, we had 873 men complete side effect profiles for us that gave us all the side effects they suffered. And what we saw very clearly is that actually urinary side effects are very uncommon after about a year. Only about 7% of men said they had any significant urinary issues. And it didn't matter whether you had surgery or radiotherapy very much. But what, what all men notice is... Um, sexual side effects. So we're, we're, we're quite clear that this is the, the significant components that affect men. But also those that had radiotherapy also had some bowel side effects. And we know that those side effects from radiotherapy tend to be quite long lasting. So there's a general trend for younger men below the age of 70 to edge towards surgery because they'll generally get better quicker. Whereas the radiotherapy patients often tend to be older, but with reduced toxicity and side effects from that radiotherapy, we might see it more appealing to younger men as well. Uh, some of the questions coming in. Cahill and Rathmines, uh, key question, mm. how sensitive is the PSA test as a screen? In mm. other words, out of 100 men with prostate cancer, how many might have had a negative PSA? Yep. That, now, again, when we were talking about uh, cervical check and all the rest, uh, one of the issues was, and we talked about the, the retired chief medical officer, Tony Holland, about mm. this, that people didn't understand that screening is not necessarily diagnosis it's a population device. That's it. Exactly. So screening, I think we've learned, unfortunately, the difficult way here with the cervical screening uh, troubles in Ireland, that screening does have its limitations. It doesn't capture every case. We have to understand that and that there may be some cases, uh, particularly, um, unfortunately, with prostate, some of the very aggressive cases, you don't see a rise in PSA occasionally as well. So it doesn't cover all cases, but it'll certainly capture the vast majority. And those studies that I mentioned that were done in Sweden showed that uh, men whose, whose levels are highest in their 40s are more likely to get more serious disease later on in life. So it's, they're the patients that you want to intervene on. If you could catch those men in their late 40s and 50s, you'll certainly prevent them from going on and getting more serious disease later in life. Mm. Uh, my brother routinely mm. checked PSA because of the BRCA gene and mm. prostate cancer early stage was detected. He had no symptoms at all because of the gene. His prostate was removed. That was 49 years ago. And no treatment since that's uh Well, just to highlight that, so there are patients that are at higher risk of prostate cancer than anyone else. So if you have a father or a, a brother who's had prostate cancer, uh, you're, you're probably your own personal risk is up to about 50%. So um, it is important that about one in 10 prostate cancers in Ireland are thought to be down to family, uh, family relatives and so on and are hereditary. So but the, also the high risk group with the BRCAs. So if you have any female members in your family with breast or ovarian cancer under the age of 50, you may be a BRCA a gene carrier and those pay, those families are more likely to develop more serious prostate cancer particularly if it's BRCA2 so uh, yes they need to be checked more regularly as well Alright well uh, it's a word to the wise David and thank, thank you, you very much for yes, no, uh, sharing that word with us Dr David Galvin consultant urologist at the Matter and St Vincent's Hospitals The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance Weekdays at 9am on News Talk.